Hey, it's Tuesday. The new episode of Two Degrees Hotter is out. It's my favorite Gen Z lifestyle and self-development podcast. I'm on my way over. Let's listen to the latest episode. What is up, you guys? Happy Tuesday. Anya here, and I will be doing a solo episode this week because Kylie is traveling. She's in New York this week, so sending her good vibes, hoping she's having a good time. Funny enough, I will actually be gone next week, so she'll be doing a solo episode next week. So I'll get into that a little more, but just know that there is a couple of solo episodes on the horizon here. So hopefully you guys enjoy that more chill vibe and don't be worried. We'll be back with our normal, regularly scheduled, co-hosted episodes very soon. I decided to record this episode kind of impromptu today. It's a Sunday, it's about 4 p.m. and I've just kind of been getting a lot of like life admin type of stuff done and I wasn't sure what I wanted to talk about for my solo episode but it kind of came to me today and I was like, you know what, let's just bang this out. I have a lot to say on this topic so I'm excited to get into it with you guys and the topic today is adult hobbies. (laughs) So having adult hobbies Uh, embracing adult hobbies. I was very famous when we first started the podcast for always saying that I didn't have any hobbies um, and kind of like making that into a meme about myself and whatnot during COVID especially. Um, And I feel like I've come a long way from that and I have a lot to share on the perspective of like why I want to talk about hobbies, why you should look for a hobby, why you should find a hobby for yourself even though it's hard to prioritize as an adult Um, how to go about figuring out what your hobbies could be and really how to stay committed to those. So yeah, I will get into all of that. But before we do that, let's start out with the week in review. So transparently, it hasn't been all that long since we recorded our last episode that went up last week. So I don't have a ton of updates for my week in review other than the fact that I hosted a brunch. So we like briefly mentioned it last episode, but I decided to host a little, I called it Galentine's Day. It was, you know, pretty long after Valentine's Day as it was. So it was kind of just like a female energy kind of brunch, I would say. And I've we've definitely hosted like lots of parties at my apartment before, but it was the first one that I really put like effort into as far as like the aesthetic and like the florals and a tablecloth and kind of like arranging it uh, to fit the vibe. Like in the past, the parties that we've done, not to say they're like bangers, but they're more like, you know, people playing pong and like we have drinks and stuff. And this one was more like classy with like a table set up and all of that. So it was really fun to kind of curate that environment. I went and picked out a new tablecloth. I brought up an extra table for us to put the food on. Uh, I had like looked up dinner party like etiquette and I learned like how you're supposed to seat people based on like their relationship and stuff and I put little name tags um, which by the way if you're wondering apparently if you invite people to a dinner party you're supposed to kind of seat the people that know each other better across from each other so like couples would sit across from each other or like friends that know each other better than others across from each other and I was kind of blending like two groups so I followed those directions but I thought that was interesting I guess I never really knew if you're supposed to sit across from the person or next to them. But yeah, the article I found said across. So that's what I did. Um, And we did like potluck style brunch. So I made a frittata and then everyone kind of brought things and we were able to like fill the table and it was perfect. Everyone really understood the assignment. Um, And then towards the end, I bought these taper candles and some 
water-based paints because I saw on TikTok someone do this and I thought it was a fun idea. So people could kind of like DIY and paint their own candles. And it is safe to burn because I got like the right paint for that. You can't just use like acrylic. Um, You got to use like a water-based one. But anyways, yeah, it was really fun. And it definitely makes me want to do more things like that as far as hosting and like putting a little more effort in along those lines. So maybe like, I don't think every month is practical for me, but maybe like once a quarter, I can try to pick an occasion. You know, we did kind of like a Valentine's Day one, maybe the next time we can do kind of like a a late spring, early summer kind of vibe. Um, We'll see. But yeah, it was really fun. I just, I like hosting. I like being the place where people can gather and like have fun memories. I just think that's like a really special position to be in. And this apartment is set up really well for it. So I want to make sure that I embrace it while we live here. Um, And I posted a TikTok of the setup. So you can go check that out. I mean, it wasn't anything like crazy, but I was pretty proud of it, especially the flowers and stuff. So go check it out if you want your own brunch, dinner party, whatever inspo. Um, But highly recommend. I sent out like a little invite just like two weeks before that I made on Canva, just like a little digital one with the date and the time. And I put like a little dress code to like dress girly basically. Um, And it kind of reminds me of, I listened to what we said. You guys know we really like that podcast. And a couple weeks ago, they were talking about how they feel like their group of friends just like always romanticizes things and like kind of goes the extra mile in ways that like might be perceived as kind of extra, but like it makes it more fun. So like, for example, someone had a birthday thing where they like went to Pilates and they had everyone dress like ballet core, like Pilates princess for it. And it's like, you don't have to go that extra mile, but it's fun and, you know, exciting when you can do that. And I don't know, it just kind of reminded me of that. And I also kind of want to feel that way about all the activities that I do, like kind of just go the extra mile to make it like even more special and even more fun. So I'm trying to like carry that into all the activities and things that I plan this year. How can we, you know, just make it extra fun? How can we make it extra special and memorable? So yeah, that's my philosophy for the time being. Um, one other thing that I wanted to talk about is I mentioned that this week I'm doing a solo episode and then next week Kylie will be doing a solo episode. And that's because this week Kylie's traveling to New York. Her boyfriend's on like a business trip. So she's tagging along there. And then next week I just found out like super recently, a couple days ago that I will also be traveling. Um, so I'll be traveling for work to DC. Um, and I've actually never been to DC before. I know that's kind of weird. Like we don't live that far away. Most like East coast people I feel like have been to DC at some point, whether it was just like for their eighth grade trip, but I actually haven't. So we're going to experience DC for the first time. I don't think I'm going to have a ton of time to like go to the museums and stuff like that, which is kind of too bad because I know that they're free and like super good. Um, so hopefully I can go back at some point if I don't get a chance now. Um, but it's funny because we're basically going for some like I guess you could say like legislative visits. So like we're going to be in meetings with like politicians and that kind of stuff um, for my work. And I like do not have the wardrobe for this anymore. Like I think maybe a couple of years ago when I had my like first internship that was a little more businessy, like I had to have the right type of attire, like more business casual, business formal. Um, But I was like looking at my closet and I was like, I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to wear to this. (laughs) Um, I just also went turned down a one way going the wrong way. Oops. Yeah. Yikes. I sit right in front of a window. So a lot of people confuse this street. Good luck, buddy. Anyways. Um, yeah, I like do not have the wardrobe for this. So today I went on newly and ordered a bunch of more like business formal stuff, which I'm excited about. Hopefully it all fits, but it's really cute. I got like a tweed 
dress and um, kind of like a blazer and that kind of stuff. So we'll see. But I was thinking about just like work travel in general. And I feel like when I was younger and like didn't have a full-time job yet, I really romanticized the idea of getting to travel for work and like being able to take advantage of going cool places and stuff. And I feel like now that I'm actually like a professional and an adult with those opportunities, I hate to say it, but honestly, it just kind of like makes me anxious. Like I feel like whenever you're on work travel, it's like you're not really in control of your own schedule and you don't necessarily get to like do the things you would want to do at that destination or see the things you would want to see. So I feel like it just kind of disrupts my life and like makes me anxious, um, which is dumb. I know it's like a privilege to travel for work and I should appreciate it more, but just having this like come up so last minute and like having to plan around it is kind of stressing me out a little bit. Um, Sorry if you hear my radiator, she just came on. But yeah, maybe it's because I'm not going like anywhere super extravagant, at least so far. Um, And I haven't really had a ton of time to like actually see that destination in the way that I would want. So maybe I just like, I'm not going on the right type of work travel to really appreciate it, but we'll see. I'm sure it'll be fine. Like I definitely, I don't mind. I like seeing new places and everything. It's just kind of a lot when you don't have a chance to plan for it too much. So um, like, I'm just a little stressed about like my current workload and like how I'm going to get it done with being there and everything. So we'll see, but that's why I will be out next week. And then Kylie and I will reunite and we will report back on all of our travels and how everything went. So stay tuned for that. All right, let's get into my favorites. So my main favorite for this week is a ring that I got and it's from Missouri. I'm sure all of you guys know Missouri. It's a pretty popular jewelry brand. Um, But in case you don't know, they are a brand that's all about more like transparency in the jewelry industry. It kind of reminds me of Everlane if on like the clothes side of things. Um, So they kind of mark down compared to like what a traditional jewelry store would be. Um, And they have all sorts of different, you know, types of jewelry and metals and whatnot. And I've always kind of wanted something from Missouri, but then I would go on there and it would kind of intimidate me. Like things would still be more expensive than I wanted to spend. Um, And so I've never bought anything from them before, but they happened to open a store. They have two stores in Boston now. So they've had a Seaport one and then they were opening one on Newbury. And I like happened to be on Newbury the day that it opened. So they were having kind of like an opening party and they were serving like drinks and like cookies and stuff. And they had like a DJ. And so I just like happened to go in and check it out. And I was feeling like it was a good day. I was like out and about and I was like, you know what? I want to get something. Um, and I wasn't too sure what I wanted to get. And I am a big mixed metal girly. Like I have earrings, rings, necklaces of all different metals. I like the look of mixed metal and I like that it's very like plug and play with my wardrobe. Like I never have to worry about like the strap on my bag matching my jewelry. Like I just know that I'm wearing all things at all times. So it's fine. I know that's maybe like a hot take. Some people don't like mixed metals, but I've just always kind of been that way. I, I like how it looks. I don't mind. Like my ring stacks were leaning to gold. Like I only had one silver ring and the rest of my rings were gold. And I wear rings on like most of my fingers. I have rings on like six or seven fingers. Um, And so I was like, let's get a new silver ring. And I was looking and I actually picked out the literal cheapest ring that they sell guys, or it might be like the cheapest thing they sell in general, honestly. Um, But I really like how it looks. So it's called the metallic sphere ring. Um, I'll put a link in the description if you want to check it out. It kind of looks like, you know, that beaded type of chain that like some necklaces are on. It kind of looks like that, except it's a ring. And obviously it's like sturdy. It's not chain like, Um, but it's 
really, really nice quality and it's very shiny. Like it catches the light in really pretty ways because of like the texture that it has. And I feel like it just looks a lot more expensive than it was. It was only $38. So like I said, I think it's like the cheapest thing that they sell. Um, and then they also have it in a gold. They have it in a uh, gold vermeil, vermeil. I never know how to say that, but like the kind of like coated uh, gold on top of sterling silver. But like I said, I just got the silver one. Um, and yeah, it's like really nice. I've been super impressed. Um, they actually didn't have it in stock in the store when I went in, but they shipped it to me for free. So their customer service was really nice, even though I was buying something like pretty affordable. Um, and yeah, check it out. I, I really like it. And obviously Missouri has a ton of other stuff. Um, that's a little more pricey, but this was a really cheap option that I thought I would recommend. And then one other thing that I wanted to mention for my favorite is that you guys know Kylie and I are huge fans of the Bagu Medium Crescent bag. Um, and they actually came out with a bunch of new colors. So I wanted to put that out there in case you've heard us talk about it in the past and you've been interested. They have some more fun colors out now. So I got uh, one in the green color. I think it's called Avocado, the one that they released. Okay, I just pulled up all the colors so that I can tell you. So I have the black, uh, just the typical one. And then Kylie has the khaki, which doesn't look like they sell anymore, actually. But they just came out with a bunch of colors. So they have the black and white pixel gingham, they call it, which is kind of like a houndstooth looking pattern that Kylie got in a different bag, which is really cute and like neutral. And then they have that same pattern in a pink pistachio. So like a light pink, like green they have a taupe, which is really pretty. I might get the taupe, honestly. Um, like a nice neutral brown. They have a dark blue now. They have a green that I got. They have the same bluebell color that they've always had. And then they also have like a fun embroidered one. Um, so check it out if you've been considering. I will also give you the pro tip that Urban Outfitters always gets exclusive launches there, like exclusive colors. So at Urban, they also have an ivory and a red version. However, caveat, an anti-favorite here is that I bought the ivory in a different bag. To be fair, I bought it in like the shoulder bag, but I actually returned it because I was super unimpressed with the quality of the ivory material. It just felt really see-through. So I wouldn't recommend the ivory, but every other color that I've seen looks really good. And you guys know we're huge fans of this specific bag. So if you've been waiting for a sign to get it, they have more colors than ever now. So go check it out. And shipping is free and it's like a $50 bag. So pretty affordable. All right, I'm going to take a quick ad break and then I'll be back to talk about all things adult hobbies, my philosophy, why I think they're important. So stay tuned. If you know anything about our show, you know Anya and I really prioritize our health, sustainability, and building a community around the things that young women go through. That's why we feel so lucky to have met and interviewed Katie Diasty in 2020, a Gen Z entrepreneur, overall badass, and founder of Viv for Your V, who we are so proud to partner with on this episode. Viv is an earth-friendly period care subscription brand created to bring sustainable and clean products to the hands of menstruators. Something crazy that I personally didn't know is that the average menstrual pad is equal to about four plastic bags and can take up to 800 years to break down. Yeah, and this is a big deal because a menstruator can 
use anywhere from 5,000 and 15,000 disposable period care products in their cycle's lifetime. And at any time, 800 million menstruators are on their period right now. That's why we feel really great about using Viv's bamboo-based products. Bamboo uses a quarter the amount of water, less land and fertilizers, and is naturally hypoallergenic, breathable, and actually more absorbent than cotton. It's so crazy to know that with every Viv box, you can save 643 pounds of CO2, 607 gallons of water, and 48 plastic bags from entering a landfill. Another problem that Viv is solving for is access to products when you need them the most. I think we can all relate to having that oh shit moment and realizing you're going to have to make a CVS run on top of all the things you're already dealing with. With their subscription-based model, it's so easy to choose how often you want your products delivered and have them on hand so you can conquer more. They have products for every type of period, from pads and liners to tampons and even menstrual cups. Viv totally converted me to a cup user. I love that it's zero waste, reusable, and lasts up to 10 years. Plus, the ring on their cup is a total game changer. You guys have to try it. We personally feel amazing about the way we're treating our bodies, the planet, and supporting a clean, sustainable, and women and minority-owned business all at the same time. Use the code and the link in our bio to shop the Viv website with 20% off, and definitely check out our episode with Katie to learn even more. And now, hotties, back to the episode. All right, I'm back and ready to talk all things adult hobbies. So for some quick kind of background on me and my philosophy towards this topic, why I want to talk about it, I... You guys know Kylie and I are dancers. We grew up dancing competitively. So we both started, I mean, I started at age two. I think Kylie was similar. Um, And then we competed all the way through age 18. And then we both did some sort of dance in college. uh, And then we graduated. Um, And now we are both part of an adult dance company here in Boston. And that season is actually starting back up this week. So this felt like super top of mind for me to discuss. Um, and I also have started pursuing some separate dance classes on the side. Um, and like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, during COVID, I talked about my lack of hobbies a lot. Like if you go back and listen, that was like a, a theme <laughs> during that time when we first started the podcast. And obviously the podcast has become a hobby for me too. Um, but when I look back at that time, it's so hard for me to remember anything aside from working. And like that is so sad. I mean, granted, there were other worldly conditions that didn't necessarily allow us to participate in these things the same way that we do now. But I just feel like all the days really blended together and I wasn't finding like conscious ways to incorporate joy or happiness or like have any sort of like release um, of my like emotions at the time. And really all I remember is literally just like working from home. And and that's pretty much all I have for those like 14, 15 months before I moved back to Boston. Getting back into dance and ballet specifically for me has been so healing. Like I think that's just the best way for me to describe it is that it's truly been like healing my inner child. And I think that's because, you know, this is very situational to me, of course, but I do want to, you know, give my background here is that dance growing up was competitive. It was competitive by nature. We were going, we were on a competition team. We were going to competitions and yes, in some capacity you are competing as a team, but you also are competing as a soloist. And Kylie and I have a whole episode about being competitive dancers. It's from a while ago, one of like our first probably 10 podcast episodes. Um, And it's such a unique dynamic because you want your friends to do well. You love your friends. You're with them, you know, 20 hours a week. But at the same time, you kind of want your solo to beat theirs. And I think I dealt with a lot of self-confidence issues that came from dance as a result of comparing myself to my peers or placing lower with my solo or not feeling as good about myself in my costume or whatever it is. It's just a very naturally comparison oriented like activity. And I think 
you know, returning to it as an adult and knowing that like everyone is truly just here because they want to be and they're putting in this extra time to do this because they love it and there's no kind of ulterior motive. There's no competition aspect. We're all in it for the same reason, just to like enjoy and better ourselves and have this outlet has been so healing for my inner child to like revisit this in such a more positive environment. Um, And that's not to say like I had a bad environment growing up, but just in comparison, being able to do it in such a non-competitive way has been so great. And I posted on TikTok like randomly just this video of me getting ready for a ballet class um, a little while ago. And the TikTok did really well. It has like almost a million views now. And a lot of people were commenting and basically saying like the same thing. Like they have really always wanted to pursue adult hobbies or they want to heal their inner child and do ballet because they never got to. And um, it just really like got me thinking about how adult hobbies are so important. And there isn't really like, I mean, there's super like niche communities, I guess I would say for each adult hobby, but like broadly, I feel like it's not really talked about all that much. Like, you know, when it comes to discussing like adult life with your friends and stuff, a lot of the discourse is around like your work and like your relationships and that kind of stuff. But People don't really ask you a ton about like the activities that you're doing on the side. And I think that should be just as important and interesting, if not more interesting about you than like what you do for a job. Like um, it's it's funny because we recently hired this guy at work and instead of leading with like his past experience and stuff, when we asked him to introduce himself, he led with the things that he likes to do. And I was like, how, I don't know what word I'm looking for here, but I was like, how kind of, you know, fresh and like a breath of the fresh air is that, you know, like I wish more conversations could be like that. And so I kind of wanted to start that conversation here, recognizing like as kids and as teenagers, I feel like all of our schedules were way more full of sports, activities, camps, clubs, all these different after school like curriculars and that kind of stuff. And as we got older, our lives became busy and over time we lost sight of doing things just for fun because that's really, you know, the definition of a hobby is something that you do just for fun outside of work. Um, And it can feel really intimidating and overwhelming to take on something new as an adult or to even just add something old back into your schedule. And it can also feel like we can't justify prioritizing something that's simply for fun and or not work or family related or like quote unquote productive. But it is so important for like our self-development and your happiness as a person. And so I just want to open up that conversation and get into it. So just kind of starting off with why having a hobby is so important and why you should look for a hobby and listen to the rest of this episode, um, even though it's hard, right? Like I'm, I'm recognizing upfront that it is hard to dedicate your time to something after work on the weekends. You know, we all have such demanding jobs. It can feel like all you want to do outside of it is just sit on the couch and, you know, marinate in whatever show you're watching. And, and that's fine. I mean, consuming TV can be a hobby for sure, but you know, I think there's so much more to be gained from doing different things in more of like a community setting and that kind of stuff. And I also recognize that it's a privilege to be able to have this conversation and to like have the time and occasionally the money to invest into a hobby. So I'm not naive to that. I know everyone's like situation is different and things might be a little more complicated or complex for you. But nonetheless, I want to kind of talk about why engaging in a hobby really is like self-care. It's making time for yourself to show up for yourself and do something that you love. It's a way to meet new people with similar interests to you. I think, you know, another thing that is a key theme on the show here is like adult friendships and how that can be a difficult area to navigate. And I will say like my only true adult friendships that I've made since graduating, I think have been through dance. Like otherwise it would be really hard for me to meet people. So um, that's also another 
super important reason to get involved. Um, it helps you learn new skills and, you know, sometimes feel like a sense of accomplishment outside of work. I think that's really important. I think sometimes if all of your kind of energy and like self-worth is going towards your job and things, you know, might not be going well at your job for whatever reason, maybe, you know, aspects that are out of your control, it, it can be a blow to self-confidence and like, that's not fair to you. You should totally be aware that like your value as a person extends beyond just the work that you do. And I think having some sort of hobby or like some sort of outside source of happiness and validation can be so huge for that kind of stuff. So like for me, you know, I think about even if, you know, this deadline is super behind of what we thought it was going to be and I'm dragging my feet on this project and I'm super overwhelmed with meetings or whatever it might be, I can still feel great that I like did something for myself and went to ballet and actually did a great, you know, triple pirouette or something like that. Um, And so it's just a great way to kind of unplug and have like more of a bird's eye view of what's important in life. And then lastly, I found like real life research, mostly out of Australia, um, that people with hobbies are less likely to suffer from stress, from low mood, from depression. And like, I even observed this in myself, like this weekend, I haven't really left the house much today. I haven't left the house at all. I've kind of just been on my laptop doing different things. And I know that I would feel so much better had I made some time for myself to go to a class or to go for a walk. And so maybe I still will do that today. Who knows? But just having an outlet to get out of the house and to and to embrace something that you enjoy is so huge. So now I put together a little framework for how to find a hobby. Let's say you're listening to this and you're like, all right, all of this sounds great, Anya, but like how the heck am I supposed to find something that I want to do? Um, so let's kind of talk through some steps, some examples, some ways for you to really narrow down what could be a potential hobby for you. And I will say like for some people, Hobbies are super like organic and natural. So like, you know, you just know that you like walking and so you go for walks and that's your hobby and that's great. But for other people, it might not be as like intuitive and that doesn't mean that there isn't something out there for you. It means you just might have to put a little more thought into figuring out what that is. And so these are kind of the tools that I want to give you to help you figure that out. So the first step is really just to think about your life at a high level and to take stock of your interests, what makes you happy, what you like learning about. Um, you know, maybe you're interested in art or you find that you really like collecting cute pottery from the thrift store. Maybe you're always noticing birds in your yard and you like to know more about birds or music. Maybe you, you know, like going to concerts or listening to a specific instrument. Your interests are definitely like a good indication of what hobbies you might enjoy. For example, if you love a good sweater, you look forward to sweater weather every year you might want to take up knitting so you can make your own sweaters and, you know, go to the yard store and have that and, um, you know, be able to do something on weeknights. And then if you, you know, maybe you consider yourself like a fashion connoisseur, you really like magazines, you really like keeping up on the latest trends. Maybe you can kind of offer your services as a personal stylist to your friends, to your family, make mood boards on Pinterest. Like, I think really we kind of need to like think outside the box of like what a traditional hobby on paper might be and just know that anything you enjoy and that brings you happiness can be a hobby. Hobby definitely does not sound like a real word anymore. My next tip is to think back to your childhood and what you loved to do then or what you wished you could have done then and didn't get the opportunity to do for whatever reason. Uh, Obviously, this is the case for me, just kind of revisiting what I did throughout my entire life in my adulthood with like a newfound appreciation. But think about, can you revisit some of those things that you did when you were a kid? Maybe you were like a horse girl. I don't know. Maybe there's a local equestrian, you know, uh, what do they call that? Equestrian stable or whatever it is around you that you can like volunteer at or 
I don't know, you know, maybe you loved Webkins as a kid. Are there like new video games that you could get into now? Even if these things don't look exactly the same as they might have in your youth, I would say to just be open and know that like the interest that you had as a kid can be relevant now. Don't feel like you have to like age out of stuff. I think that was a big kind of thought pattern that I needed to work on in myself was I felt like, okay, now, you know, I graduated college. I'm an adult. I need to like leave dance in the past. Like I'm done dancing. That was like a childhood thing. I need to be an adult. I need to move on with my life. And like, I can't pursue dance anymore. But it's like, why? Like, that's so arbitrary. Why why do you just have to stop now that you're a certain age or like have a certain, you know, job or other priorities going on? Like, if anything, now I have the resources more to pursue it myself. So why shouldn't I do that? Don't think that like, just because something was something that you enjoyed in the past, you can't revisit it now. Uh, You know, this goes for like anything like sports or, you know, I don't know. Just there's so many things that there are opportunities to revisit as adults and you just have to look for them. And I think that was also a big thing that came up when I posted that TikTok was so many people were like, how did you find these classes? And truly like so much of it is word of mouth. It's online research. You do have to put a little bit of energy into putting yourself out there and like finding the opportunities, but the payoff is so worth it. Kind of on that same wavelength, my next tip is to take classes, especially if you're new to something or like unsure if something might be what you could enjoy. Um, There's tons of options at local libraries, at craft studios, at, you know, ice rinks, uh, dance studios. You know, there's so many local businesses that specialize in this kind of thing, like intro to sewing, intro to ballet, intro to bird watching, like just use the like search terms and figure out what in your area you might want to try. And the good news is that most of these classes are like pretty low commitment. Like I know that there's a little craft studio near me that just does like weekly Wednesday crochet nights or something like that. And it's like all levels are welcome. And it's just kind of like an open forum for people to go and crochet together and like teach each other new tricks. And so, you know, show up to stuff like that. And I know it's easier said than done to like put yourself out there, especially if you don't feel like you're good at something or haven't the skills yet, but that's like the most important time to form those connections and feel out if if it is something that you might enjoy and want to pursue. And again, it's also such a great way to meet people. Next up, I wanted to run through just some popular examples. Maybe some of the things that I bring up here will kind of raise your ears and um, I was going to say like tickle your fancy. I hate that. (laughs) But maybe some of the things will like inspire you to look further into them. You might be like, oh, I I actually could enjoy that. Um, So obviously there's like sports that is super common. So I know a lot of people around me like to ski, for example, or to run 5Ks. Or I have some friends that are involved in like a recreational Boston area kickball league that like meets once a month. There's bowling league, stuff like that. Like there's so many kind of very um, low commitment organized sports out there um, that are totally game to look into. Another interest area of yours might be art. So maybe you love painting or drawing or photography, videography, even like calligraphy, or maybe you don't even love to do those things yourself, but you love to look at them or embrace them. You love to go to museums. So I think that can totally be its own hobby. There's all the kind of like textile art. So like knitting, sewing, crochet, embroidery. I learned to embroider during the pandemic. And I will say it's a super easy skill to pick up yourself just through like YouTube videos and stuff. That's like how I learned everything. So that's an option. Book club. My friend Magenta runs a book club and I'm not the most consistent attendee, but I do try to show up when I'm able to. Um, And that's a great way to kind of meet more of her network and to connect and have an easy thing to talk about with new people. 
writing, you know, you could write on a blog, you could just write for yourself. There's journaling, poetry, short stories. Heck, you could even write a book. Walking and hiking or just, you know, getting outside broadly is a huge thing. Yoga or like other kind of niche exercises. Like one of my friends is so, so, so committed to Soul Cycle and has like built up this whole community around going to Soul Cycle. And I just think that's so great for her. And she's getting a workout in at the same time. So, you know, maybe it's Soul Cycle, maybe it's Core Power. There's all sorts of different workouts that, you know, could help you not only get a sweat in, but also form a community. I feel like adult community theater is like a big thing that I hear about too. So maybe if you used to do like acting in high school or always wished that you could do like drama, um, that could be something to look into. One thing that I want to try is like ceramics. Like I've always wanted to do like a pottery class. I just feel like that would be so fun. Or like, you know, for example, like woodworking is such a like handy skill to have if you've ever been interested in something like that. Cooking and baking is a huge hobby. Um, My boyfriend bakes and he's always like looking up new recipes and like iterating on things. And I think that's like so great for him to have. And he loves the, the outcome. Obviously, it makes people happy to have treats for them. Video games, board games. I think in the past, I had a little bit of judgment when it came to people um, playing video games as their hobby. Like, I think I was just naive to it all. And I felt like it was kind of like a bummy thing to do. But my boyfriend is quite a gamer. And just like seeing a lot of the games that he plays and like the storylines of them, like they are quite compelling, like honestly more compelling than a lot of like movies and TV shows and stuff. So I feel like that's another awesome hobby that you might not have considered, especially if you're uh, you know, more into like soft games. Like I know that there's kind of a whole niche on TikTok that's committed to like um, Animal Crossing and like Stardew Valley and those types of games um, that are just, you know, less aggressive and they're not like shooter games, but they're just kind of relaxing. So that could be something to look into. Board games too. My parents love a board game night with our neighbors, which is adorable, but like dominoes, cards, you know, poker, all of that. Music, so whether that means like playing your own instrument and learning an instrument or just going to concerts and like admiring different artists, maybe going to like the record store, that kind of stuff. Collecting things, maybe you love going to yard sales and estate sales. I think that's a super great hobby too. Maybe you're into like pets and animals. So like I mentioned, maybe you want to try horseback riding or just like volunteering at some sort of shelter, dog walking. I did WAG back in college and it was a great way to make a few bucks and get to play with dogs when I was feeling that gap for myself. Personal growth can be a hobby. Maybe you really like to meditate or you're part of like a religious group that's meaningful to you. So the reason that I run through all these examples is just to kind of emphasize that A hobby is truly just anything outside of work that you enjoy. So it doesn't have to fall into like a typical category for you to consider it your hobby and to put time and energy into it. So yeah, think back to your childhood. Think what you loved to do. Take stock of what's in your life and consider if there are any classes nearby or like groups to get into it, especially if it's completely new to you. The last aspect that I want to touch on in this episode is how to stay committed to whatever you pick. And I guess my first point is that it's supposed to be fun, right? So like, you don't have to stay committed to whatever you pick. If you say like, okay, embroidery is going to be like my hobby this year and you order all the embroidery stuff and you do it for like two months and then you find that you just fall off of it because you're not really enjoying it, that's perfectly valid. The whole point of a hobby is to pick something you actually like and not just something that sounds good on paper or like sounds productive or like super noble or intellectual or something like that. Like I think for me, you guys have probably seen this kind of play out live, but I always wished that I was more of a reader. Like I always thought people that are readers were super cool and like educated. And 
I just always wish that I was more of a reader. And so like I have a Kindle. I, I read occasionally. I like reading, especially on planes and that kind of stuff. But I've always found that I can never keep up with these reading goals that I like arbitrarily set for myself. Like when I say like read two books a month or whatever, it's like I never get it done. And if it were important to me and if I wanted to, I would make the time and I clearly don't. So like why am I putting that pressure on myself and just kind of, I need to remind myself there's like no judgment around what your hobbies are or aren't on both sides of it. So there's no judgment around if you love to play video games and there's no judgment around if you hate reading. Like it's just supposed to be for fun. It's just supposed to be a release. So just kind of let yourself distance uh, from all of that judgment and truly pick something you actually like. And it's okay if you might not figure that out right away and you have to cycle through a few things. It doesn't mean that you know, you're a failure because you don't like the first three things that you try. It can take time to figure out what it is that you enjoy putting your time into, especially if you're trying out all these new things. So just give yourself grace and know that you will find something that you enjoy. It's like a workout, right? Like everyone says you have to pick a workout that you actually like going to or you're not going to commit. I think that's so true. And I think that same concept really plays out here. The next tip for how to stay committed is to carve out realistic time. And like I mentioned before, even book a class if it's possible for whatever you're working on to help you stay accountable. I know for me, having like something in my schedule and something that I'm literally signed up for and might have put like a little bit of a deposit on makes me so much more likely to show up. So consider where in your day, week, month, you can take some time and put it on the calendar so you won't miss it. If you're in a position where it might be a little harder to take time for yourself, you can totally discuss it with your family or, you know, your other responsibilities you have and make sure that everyone's on board so that you'll really be able to take that time and feel good about it and feel guilt-free and just know that you're doing something something for yourself. You're, you're putting in self-care, really. But at the same time, don't overcommit yourself to a new activity. I think um, that was something that I know intimidates a lot of people with the dance company that I'm in when they first join is like, you know, you've worked for maybe a year or two outside of school and you haven't had something to get to like an after work obligation. And it can feel really scary to throw that back into your schedule. And over time you get more comfortable with it and you get, you know, glad that you're doing it for sure. But I can understand how going from like no commitments on a weekly basis to like three nights a week might be a lot. So if you're in that position, just kind of consider if you can ramp up slowly, like for your first season, just do one night a week, maybe then two, maybe then three, or maybe you never want to be that committed. You know what's best for yourself and your schedule and your like mental health. So the whole point, again, you're sensing a theme is to be fun. So if it's adding stress, then that's not worth it. My next tip on how to stay committed is to enlist friends to join you. Um, this is so, so true for the walk club that my friend Anna and I started that Kylie's now a part of. We're up to like 10 people and we text every so often and say, hey, walk club tomorrow morning and I'll meet at the spot and just having like other people to go with you and make it more fun, make it into a full activity, grab coffee and chat. It just makes you so much more likely to follow through and you always feel so good when you do it. And then the last thing, I mentioned this earlier with the patience thing, but be patient when it comes to, yes, like selecting a hobby that might work for you, but also be patient once you've chosen your said hobby and know that like quote unquote improvement or like seeing progress or results might not happen right away, especially if you're new to something. Don't expect that you're going to, you know, join your first crochet class and you're going to be able to whip up like the most complex ornate sweater ever. Like things take time. Think about how long it took you to learn other things that you're super good at in your life now and know that, you know, progress takes time, um, especially if you're a complete beginner. So just give yourself grace and like embrace the process and embrace the fact that every time you're doing it, you're, you are making progress and you are getting better, um, even if it's not super obvious. All right. Well, that was pretty much everything that I wanted to cover in today's episode. You can tell I'm super passionate about adult hobbies now that I've found 
mine again. And just knowing like how much fulfillment and joy that it brings into my life has been so impactful. And I just, I want the same for everyone. So hopefully that came across in this episode. Um, we do have like Spotify question boxes. So maybe I'll work on trying to make this one, like what hobbies are you pursuing? And you guys can comment back if you listen on Spotify. So take a look for that. Otherwise you can follow us on Instagram, submit comments to our anonymous suggestion box. You can always DM us or email us with any episode ideas or requests. We used to get more of those. So I'd love to hear what you guys are wanting to hear about. Kylie will be back next week for a solo episode. So you guys can look forward to that. And then we will have a grand reunion where we talk all things travel and we're back to business as usual. So in the meantime, I hope you have a great week and I will chat with you guys soon. Bye everyone. Bye everyone.